welcome. I've been following you for a while on LinkedIn and really loving your content. And for me, as I embarked on the coaching path earlier this spring, which all of us have been coaching our entire lives, let's be honest, it's not just been all of a sudden. Well, a lot of the things that you say has resonated and it was even more apparent to me from the moment I met you officially and the moment we sat down, Carrie, this is a fun fact, uh, when Rob and I met for the very first time, we sat down and I word vomited for about half an hour, not word vomited, emotion, emotion and human vomited at him for about a half hour. And he held the most gracious and amazing space for me in that moment. And it was so gorgeous. And I said, Hey, you're an amazing human. Come on and talk about the great connect with Carrie and I, because it's like in that moment, Rob got, even without even telling him what you and I are doing and how I kind of reimagining, reinventing the way that we work and live. He and I had this amazing half hour together, which was this beautiful new way of connection that you and I always talk about. And that's how we started. So Rob, do you want to share a little bit with Carrie about the first meeting and and what your thoughts were? (laughs) Well, it's great because we got on together and we'd exchanged some DMs, but there's always that first moment where there's some kind of small talk, there's some kind of rapport. And you went right into like, I'm in this headspace because this just happened and we dove right in. And I just listened and I was curious and you were sharing. So we, it was so nice because I understand why in so many scenarios you need some kind of an on-ramp, some kind of a lubricant, some kind of a like a, a something. But I, it was great because we managed to just cut that, get to the goods. You trusted me. I held space and it was like we were fast friends and it happened so quick. So then when we were done talking through that, the conversation that opened on the back end of it was just real and deep hearted and reflective and wonderful. We were able to cut out the nonsense pretty immediately. And it was, it was beautiful. Like our, our humanity was showing right away. And so what's interesting, Rob, and something that Carrie and I have talked about a lot in this new chapter is like, we don't love small talk or chit chat anymore, Carrie. I I don't want to speak for you. And I think it's like what Rob, you call like the lubricant or like the inroad of like how to get into a conversation. But like Carrie and I, we don't love the inauthentic way that can feel. Carrie, do you? So this came up in a conversation I was having the other day about the small talk and how draining it can feel because it feels like you're it can feel like you're putting on a little bit of a facade rather than just digging in deep. Right. And, and so it's like, I hate to start a conversation that way because it feels like I'm draining and I'm inauthentic rather than just like jumping right into being me. <laughs> and that's why Rob, he had so much grace. I was like, so something really crazy happened with the dogs right now. And I thought a bird was going to get eaten. I was like freaking out. And so amazing. So Rob, those moments you. are so beautiful, right? Because it allows you to just like <laughs> cut the eye, like just get right into it. Like here I am human. Yeah. Yep. I didn't have, uh, I didn't have any time to, to be, have any sort of niceties. So Rob, thank you. Will you tell, catch Carrie up a little bit about who you are and what you do and amazing work. We'll get into some of the great things that you're working on, but I was really excited to hear about your story and how you got to where you are right now. I will share that gladly, but I just want to tag on something that Carrie just said that I really feel aligned to, which is this idea that authenticity, being authentic. The word is used a lot. I think sometimes we forget what it means. And it is a word that I get labeled a bunch and I'm grateful for it. And I've spent a lot of time reflecting on it. And I've just landed to the place that it's when what you're thinking and feeling aligns with what you're saying and doing. And we've all been in those situations where you meet someone and they're saying the right words, 
but something feels off and you're like, uh, something's not quite connecting. I don't know if I can trust them. And it feels a little bit out of it. And it's really when, when you're thinking and feeling aligns with what you're, you're saying and doing. And that's why if you've got something else on your mind, like, oh my God, my dog almost ate a bird. I'm freaking out right now. My heart rate's double what it should be. If you say anything other than that, it feels fake. It feels off. It feels weird. So just to really resonate with that. I wanted to just uh, acknowledge that. So I run a company called Growth Habit. And I help purpose-driven coaches grow their impact and grow their businesses. It's not at all what I expected to do. If we would have spoke five years ago, I would have said, I'm a leadership coach and I work in these tech companies and I coach CEOs and I coach leadership teams and I help new leaders have tough conversations, give feedback, blah, 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 blah. And on the side, I started doing a little bit of coaching with creative people because I love that work. When I first discovered this coaching work in the workplace, I was like, oh shit, this is a thing. Like, this is something you can do. This is something that people, that people value it. I, I like, I do this for free. If someone paid my bills, I'll do this for free. Yeah. So then I started coaching a bit on the side and it was creative people because my background's in music. My first career before that was actually running record labels, producing music, DJing and, and traveling with that. So I had a couple of clients. One was a writer, one was a photographer, one was a recording artist. And that was fun. But then I started Revaluating my life as far as like the small habits that make a big difference. I read the book Atomic Habits, started making a whole bunch of changes, started sharing online what I was doing, what I was trying, and essentially my experiments on Instagram. And people started saying, This, whatever the hell you're doing, what's what that? Give me, how do I have, please, this? So when I got the courage to quit my full time job and went all in on coaching, I called myself a habit strategist. I was actually a little afraid of embracing the word coach a little bit allergic to it, maybe not fully believing it could be a coach, maybe thinking it was a little corny, maybe a, both. Uh, so I called myself a habit strategist. Unexpectedly, 11 of my first 12 clients ended up being entrepreneurs. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. Why is that? And started reflecting on the fact that I've been an entrepreneur on, on off my entire life. They're rebellious. They're seeking to solve problems. They are my jam. And then the last nudge, the last switch I made is I started having other coaches and consultants asking to like pick my brain and say like, how did you do this? How did you go from a full-time job to a full roster of clients? How the heck are you getting clients overseas? So I had a calls with people and then in one 10 day span, I had three of them wanted to pick my brain. And at the end, two of them said, how do I have another one of these conversations? And I was like, oh, so I made the, the final switch, but the continuity amongst it all is always how do I help people be more joyful, more creative, more connected, more expansive and all the things that make living that enjoyable? I love that you said that you had some hesitancy, like those three main hesitancies toward calling yourself a coach. I think I'm still kind of in that mode because it be, has become kind of a buzzword. And it's it's like almost people like turn off their listeners when you say like you're a coach. I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate because the world needs all of us. You know, we fill in the gaps where there might not be a mainstream resolution. So um, I think I'm still in that space. Care, yeah? Same, same. I actually, when I started coaching, I actually, and I think my LinkedIn is still human mentor. Yes, I saw you, Christian. Good job. Life, here we are. <laughs> it actually still says human mentor because mentorship, and that's a, we could go down another buzzword rabbit hole, but mentor felt more aligned to me this coach thing felt I still struggle a little bit with it like I just I want to be your friend and help you like I just that's uh, you when you said earlier like 
if somebody would pay my bills, I do this for free. A thousand percent. I feel a hundred percent the way that you said that. And I mean, I hope someday the world evolves into a place where that's actually how we operate, which is like, we just do all the things we love. And that means that everybody takes care of different parts of the world and I don't have to do all this other nonsense, but (laughs) yeah, I don't know what it is about the word coach, but it's interesting to hear you say that. Well, I think there's just been this huge surge, especially the last few years where every other person is a coach and anyone is all of a sudden like, for a while, the wave was for me quite inauthentic. It was people like, oh, this is the way that I can make money from home. This is the way I can make money online. And I was like, Ugh. that wave is coming on, thankfully. And then coaching is so powerful and so many people have experienced it when you've received it and you've come out on the other side of some things you're working through. I totally understand why someone's like, oh, wow, how do I help other people get here, feel this, whatever. So like any other word that gets used a bunch or overused at some point, it's, you start to kind of question the meaning or if you want to be associated with that whole bucket. Yeah, it's interesting you say it that way because similarly, I, I started connecting with other coaches. It was an interesting thing that happened for me is people kept introducing me to other coaches and I was like, cool, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Hopefully they have some idea or we'll just, oh, no. I started finding is exactly what you said. I started meeting with other coaches and in doing so, heard their stories of what inspired them to be coaches. And similar to you, right? They've gone through this experience, this moment, something they learned a whole lot. They actually probably had other people that supported them in some way, shape or form to get through that situation and now are inspired to do the same for others. And that is when coaching started to feel a little bit more aligned for me that like, oh, I'm going to align myself with the people that I feel are bringing the best out of coaching into this world, right? And I like to say not the, the wolves, the salespeople disguised as coaches, because they're they're out there too. And that's just, that's just not my people. My people are the ones that are finding inspiration. So I love to hear that is a little bit of how that happened for you as well. And how you were able to kind of tweak your language to get to that. Thank you. So Rob, what does the human connection mean to you? It's fun because when we chatted about it before we got into a conversation, you lit up and you're like, oh, this is the human connection kind of stuff. And I, you know, <laughs> I haven't sat with it and kind of reflected it. But when I think about the human connection and the way we're chatting again, it's just getting all the crap out. And instead of between me and you, there's like my label and my status and you're this person and I'm a that person and you're a liberal and I'm a conservative and you're, it's just like removing all of that so that it really, we are connecting human to human. And actually, even the way that Carrie was just talking now about the salespeople disguised as coaches, the challenge I have with those people is that the human element is missing. They're talking about getting leads. They're talking about forcing people into a funnel. They're using this impersonal language that's removing the humanity from it. And in the workplace, you you know, you and your story, you talk about leaving corporate, right? Those corporate environments, those hierarchies that force you to wear a certain thing, say a certain thing, show up a certain time and trim all your edges to fit into their little perfectly rounded hole. Trimming all the edges. I love that analogy a lot. That really, yep, that really gets it. I mean, that's, and When we talk about the pivot into coaching, what we all did, I started to feel like I was becoming part of the problem because the way that I was surviving in the corporate world was that I was changing. I was putting my mask on every day too. So to your point, Rob, like all those things in between, I was like stepping firmly into because that was the way I had to survive. And then something I was like, oh crap, this doesn't feel good at all. I mean, 
first of all, I was, I was seeing this a few years ago, but it had started to started to really feel like painful inside and outside to where I was like, oh shit, I'm part of the problem. Okay. So I need to make a movement now. And what I've been trying to grapple with is what kind of a coach do I continue to, to want to be? And bottom line is I want to make sure that not only are, am I helping someone come out on the other side, but it's like, feel your feels, tell the truth, be you unapologetically and see where that gets you. Okay. So to your point, like, okay, being that in your workplace or in your relationships or in your family, if you're not able, if you have to trim your edges to be in, I'm going to use that by the way, but I'm going to credit you all the time. If you have to trim your edges to be in any of those places, does that feel good? And do you want to continue doing that? If not, then we'll help you get to the other side of whatever that looks like for you. But I love what you said. And something that I have posted this week on LinkedIn is like these, all these canned courses that you go online and you never speak to a human being that feels kind of Vicky to me because it's like, where is that? That feels like one size fits all rather than like that, you, that innate unique brilliance that I think we're trying to pull out all of us as coaches. That's what we're trying to extract and amplify. Mm, that's so true. The asynchronous, like just self-paced go online. And again, that was part of a big movement of like passive income and whatever, but are people really getting what they need? And you can have the most lovely, most helpful, most ingenious, creative things in that course. But what are the nuances of the person? Like what Carrie needs is different than what I need, which is different than what your neighbor's needs is different. It's you, So you need that human touch point so that things can be personalized and tweaked and tailored or soundboarded through being like, okay, this is the framework we suggest. This is where you are. What works? What doesn't? How is this tailored to fit you in your reality? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more, right? That like these canned things, let alone people may or may not even start the course. <laughs> and so that as I, as I like, I mean, I did a conversation about is marketing icky, right? Because truly it's like, we started to come face to face with all these things that you're saying. That's like, Ooh, make X amount of money or all these statistics numbers, attention grabbers. And then all of a sudden it started to feel like, well, but that's not why I'm doing this. Like it feels very misaligned to purpose and why we became coaches. And so then I get bombarded with stuff and I'm like, Oh, I just get really grossed out by like all the, like in X days or all get you X number of leads or all these different things. And, you know, you'll be happy in three days. Like, I'm sorry, bullshit. Like, can't you can't it's it not that so it sounds so exciting especially if you've had a lull in clients you're like yes okay I'm gonna do it and it's gonna work and I'm not suggesting that every online course or every automated yeah. is is shit I'm saying that like you to Robin I think here you're saying too it's like we've got to have that human touch point there is something that I bought in April for $9.99 $999 I have not opened it one time and I spent that money and it's gone and I haven't opened it, but, but it made me feel like I was reclaiming some sort of power in that moment when I hadn't signed a new client. Mm. So I'm, I've, I'm a victim, of, uh, not a victim. I am a, I don't know what you want to call it for those kinds of things. When you just want like an easy answer. Mm-hmm. You fell into the trap, right? It was, it was, it was well set and got you at the right time and you fell into the trap. Yeah. 
And I've I, still never spoken to a human. I like, I think I tried to, it was all automated and I tried to like try the track the breadcrumbs. And I'm like, can I talk to somebody? And it was just always still. And I think that's why I never opened it. Cause I'm like, well, if I can't talk to anybody to kind of say, Hey, I read this in the course, can we talk it through then? Yeah. It's interesting. You say that Amy, cause it connects two things. I want to circle back with Rob and ask about, which is this human connection, right? And something that has happened to me is, okay, be a part of my community. Okay, great. That sounds really interesting. And community is really important to me and is also a word as I'll go into this, but I think that we've watered down quite significantly. And I'm like, oh, these people seem really great. I'd love to be in community with them, connect with them, whoever they're like bringing together. And I got on an email list. Wah, wah. Like that's not a community. That's not a community. That's so funny. I was like, well, that's you talking at me. I'm no part of this conversation or dialogue. There's no human touch point, Mm -hmm. right? It really is just an email list. So I'd love to hear, as you were talking about like this human connection and what you're seeing and the entrepreneurs, et cetera, like how does community start to play a part for you in this, how we're human and how we start to connect with each other? It's Massive. Well, if you peel back the layers and look at history, look at our ancestry, look at tribalism, it's always been the way. And the shift in modern Western society has been more towards individualism. So no surprise that so many people are sad, are lonely, are depressed, are seeking for ways to medicate either legally or illegally to try and numb it. So there's an issue there and definitely community, I think is a, is a huge part. So I've got a Slack community where I've got a bunch of people that I've worked with and they're all with each other. And I have different events, bring people together and actually foster community. And the other thing I've noticed is post the big global event that changed our lives in the last few years that we're on the other side of, people are really craving in-person connection. Like, so this is lovely. Look, I I could do this with you two all day. It's very clear to me that we're very aligned on values. The way we see the world, there's been laughter and lots of head nodding. Amazing. However, what if we were in a room together? What if we could hug? What if I could like feel the energy when you laughed on a whole other level? So I think that is coming alive again. And especially in a world where AI is going to make it harder and harder to know who is human online and what you can actually trust the in-person connection, the community that comes with it, and the touch part is Mm going to be way more important. The human touch, right? Yeah. On a whole new level. Yeah. Or an ancient level, right? I love that. And I agree. I mean, my community is like a, a big, a big part of my heart. And I think about it as like the ancient future, right? We have to get back to who we are. And we've lost sight of the fact that we are a species that needs belonging, needs support and connecting that with the communities that I just mentioned of like, oh, you know, be it this, that or whatever. And that kind of kinship that you need to feel to feel like you're a part of a community. If we don't continue to redefine community and cultivate it and foster it in this way that keeps kinship at the heart of it. I believe we actually start to create separatist community, right? It almost makes you feel more isolated mm-hmm. because you feel as though I don't, I don't fit in, right? Like, oh, it's like I, this community. I'm told this is what a community is, right? And we're defining it as this, you go be you over here. 
And then, oh, these people will like answer your questions or give you advice, but there's none of the actual relationship kinship happening. I'd love to hear your thoughts on like what you've seen from either your Slack channel or in person, like how do you help foster and cultivate that true kind of connection and kinship within people that have never met each other? That's great because it talks ties back to something you said earlier that it was being spoken at versus feeling you were an active member and it is a two-way street. And we grew up, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna assume ages, but I'm comfortably in my mid-40s and I grew up in an age where everything was broadcast media, everything was at you. And then the internet came and it did feel like, oh, it's a bit interactive. I can comment. Sometimes maybe some more reply. Maybe you can send someone a DM. So it was like this, it was better than broadcast media, but it's still thin and something is still missing. So I just added two new people to the community today. And the first thing I did when I introduced them and I was like, hey, they're really into this. So I know that you two and I tagged the people are really going to naturally connect. And this person is also an ex-corporate person. So I know that you people will awesomely connect. And anytime that I'm on calls, whether it's group calls within my community or I host workshops like I did last week, there's people there where I'm like, Carrie and Amy, you two don't know each other. You need to know each other. Yeah. And I, I will intentionally create those connections. I sent a message to two people yesterday, two clients, and it was like, you should know each other. This is why. This is what you have in common. This is why I love you. And I'll leave it for you. Yeah. So it's creating that environment. And what I'm so grateful for is in this new community container I've got where it's hybrid. There's one-on-one -on -one time with me and there's weekly, multiple weekly group calls. Is I'm finding out that these people are having offline sessions with each other. And these people are meeting to chat and exchange notes. And like these ones now have a private conversation where they're integrating and supporting and befriending. And I got goosebumps saying that back to you because it's just so rewarding. First, I want to see this community and I want to know what it takes to be in the community. But I also love what you said. And I feel that in my first five months of my business and doing this beautiful new networking, you are rare in terms of wanting to authentically say like you have your listener on to say these two people would be a really good fit together to meet and have a relationship I have just made the realization in kind of this week I have spent like all my time on networking calls like one-to-ones over the past five months and I've not won that has led to kind of any opportunity for expanding my business. It's just been kind of like a, a chat, which I'm not opposed to by any means, but I need a little bit more than that too. Whereas like someone's proactively trying to tap into my unique brilliance and spread that word on my behalf, not just me. Cause it feels so amazing when someone does that kind of for you and with you, it kind of feels like they have your back. And so I'm not suggesting that one-to-one -one networking calls aren't beneficial, but, and in the hopes of expanding my message, my vision, my, my passion, it hasn't really done that. Mm. Interesting. Who, I'm curious, who are the people that you've been speaking with? Who, who, what who are you talking to? So I am in a few different communities that are, what care? Communities. <laughs> communities, whether it be LinkedIn groups or Facebook groups through, uh, I've been on, I did my certification through an ICF accredited organization. I'm in a community like that. So I'm in a lot of places where are both, you know, coaches, a lot of people like me, and it's great to know them, 
And I'll always do a follow-up and say, hey, you should know this person, but I'm not sure that I, I don't get that in return. I'm sorry that it's been your experience because you're clearly okay. just like big, bright light that cares so much and wants to connect others. I do. I, so I, so to your point, and I think I just learned it in real time. I haven't been talking to the right people. I was just going to say, I would, I would ask Rob, like, especially as you're like cultivating this community and talking to entrepreneurs, right. And you've been speaking to creators and such, like, can you feel the people that like are going to be that type of person versus the people who are like, and this was actually going to lead to another question that I was going to ask about authenticity. Like, we don't know how to be authentic right now. And so the people that Amy are talking to, I'm making broad generalizations at this moment, right? But like, they might not be living their authentic selves. And so therefore, their insecurity in like connecting people. So I'd be curious, Rob, like as you've been working through, working with these different individuals and creators and coaches, like I'd love to hear your thoughts on how many people, how far are we into the shift of being able to be authentic and how long do you think it takes for somebody to actually get to that place? So many layers to that question. Yeah, I know. I was like, really I have so many questions. So many questions. <laughs> okay. I can run through the first things that came to mind. So you can tell when someone truly is being themselves and is expressing themselves, especially because it's somewhat of a rarity where there's so many people online, whether it's in DMs or in their content, it feels like they're just sharing a very limited, this is all I feel safe in showing and sharing. Where if there's someone who's just being just a little bit more expressive, using a, just a little bit different languages, and I don't mean you have to swear, but like, do I can, I, can I sense your personality here? Can I sense your sense of humor? Is there something more to this? And if I just, I bet you if I pulled up Amy and I's exchange and DMs before we got on the call, I'm confident. I remember thinking like, oh, she's a little bit different. Like I knew right away, this isn't just someone who's pushing for a transactional call or like is going to get me on the call and ask me, you know, how I can help her or, you know, tell me who she serves. So if I can, I, I just, I got that sense right away from the words and from the language. And it's funny you bring that up because of all the places online, because online in general, it's weird. People are like, what can I share? What don't I share? What is right? What's not going to bring clients? Are my family members, ex-coworkers, whoever going to judge me? Like there's all this noise. And then LinkedIn in particular, because it was the online resume site forever, has this extra layer to it where it really is all your old coworkers, all your old bosses, all these people. And it's, you know, the social media platform that I had a suit on for so long. Yeah. So it's fun to watch people show up more and more as their own. And if there's one really great thing that came out of the big global event that drastically changed our lives in the last couple of years is that it changed the definition of the line between work and home and changed the way people start showing up at work and changed the expectations. Of a lot of organizations, as far as like what, where that line is, as far as what you do and don't show, um, I could rant longer. I'll stop there. That maybe the last thing I'll say is everyone's on their own journey. And I think I'm still too, like, I, like I said earlier, people say all the time, like, Oh, Rob, you're so authentic and say all these nice things. But I'm still always finding these edges as far as like, okay, what am I holding back? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's, I've, I might have done this already earlier. It's so like, who are you in your private life? The things your partner says to you, they love you. Your children really appreciate this. Your best friends that always trust you. Your clients, when you're in private sessions, the things that come out, that version of you that has the people who mean something to you, the, that, and then who you are online. The closer mm -hmm. you can get to that, those two things are in alignment, then the better everything is in your life, in your business, you being able to look in the mirror, the kind of people you attract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I love that last statement, right? The people you attract. I feel like that's a good barometer of like, am I being authentic or not? Right. I like when you attract somebody and you say, Ooh, that person didn't, or that felt like old me, or that felt like this part of me that I don't really like want to talk about. Well, maybe it's an opportunity to like ask that question. And it's also like, okay, well, I attracted that person, right? What, what am I putting out there that brings that person? It's a really great, like to, to bring it into the statistics and the numbers and the things like that. Like, how do I know if I'm making progress? And that's, it feels like a good barometer for that. Awesome yeah. questions. Yeah, I would agree. This is a good way to know. It's a good litmus test of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. And that's where I think has been spirit and the universe has has paused me for a couple months so that I can have this further level up of well, who am I surrounding myself with? Because something that I've realized recently too is that I was a high achiever in corporate, have had a challenge understanding what that means as an entrepreneur by myself, seemingly, you know, and and so what it used to mean is, and I just shared with Carrie this, I think last week or this week is like, there's some things I miss about the rat race because I felt important, busy felt important. So, and I've brought that over into my business and I'm like, and that's why, again, like they're like, pause, learn, you're going to be quiet for a little bit and learn. We have a mutual friend that says sit and fucking stay, you know, and just sit in it, you know? So I hear everyone and I'm taking it all in because the things that you both are saying is like, I've realized I've done more of the same again in finding people who just want to perpetuate the fast, the stuff rather than the, the longer game of like the human authenticity. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very relatable because I was definitely that person in work too. And even as recent as last summer, I found myself where overdid it, overworked, burned myself out. And it's a real trap with entrepreneurship because there's a joke is entrepreneurs are the only people that are well, willing to work 80 hours a week so they don't have to work 40. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no end to it. There's just like the pile. It's endless. So, and I'm still navigating it. I, I had an instance, we were in Paris, we took the kids to Paris. It was the first time in Europe, just in May. And it's the first time where I really unplugged properly for more than several days in a while. And I found myself crying in a church. And just really having this, like, what am I doing? And how many of my hours am I spending in busy work? And the kids are getting older and the eldest is graduating. Like, what the fuck? Like, no. And I've come back from that trip and altered my schedule and, and really am unplugging in the evenings and being super intentional about, sure, but it's back to like growing for the sake of growing. Like, yeah. What, what, if yeah. it's not in a way that feels good for me, fills me up, allows me to spend quality time with these humans that I'm lucky enough to share, then what's the point? I love that. That is that is a deep part of my journey as well. It's like, I've gotten to a much better place where I'm more acclimated to it, but I would love to hear, Rob, if you have, it has taken me a while to truly, I call it ugh, a lot of different things, but calming my nervous system, right? The drop-off that happens from this busy corporate life that Amy's talking about, i left mine as well. And then you kind of get dropped into what is actually supposed to be normal. (laughs) A calm state feels incredibly unnerving when you were operating at this stress, you know, hormone pumping level. So I'd love to hear like, 
do you help guide? Is that part of like the habits and the strategy that you use with your clients to be able to help them kind of navigate that drop off and ability to reacclimate to kind of a new normal? A lot of my clients a couple of years ago were people that were very recent in transition. These days, it's more people who are a bit further along. Mm. And funny if one of the, like the, probably one of the pieces of advice I've given to the most amount of people this year, or like coach them through and then help them realize this is what they needed to do versus advice or whatever. It's, it's yeah. come up with the most amount of people is to get out of the goddamn house, yeah. to go interact with people, to go work in a coffee shop or go to a shared workspace or something because people get all balled up on the laptop all day in the digital space all day. And then even when you're home, there's like, okay, well, there's dishes, there's the laundry, there's the kids, there's all this stuff. So then your pile is twice as big and you can't focus on anything and you're overwhelmed. And with a couple of clients, I've had to help them through that. And it's just that if you're at that operating high cortisol, high stress, nonstop, then it's very easy for it to be the same with you. But turning mm-hmm. all your notifications off, setting your phone so after a certain time that you're not going in and like setting the boundaries for yourself or else it's the same thing. The difference is, is, you know, the phone pings and then instead of it being your old boss who used to stress you out when you saw the ping, you then translate that same association with a message from a client. And it's like, oh, do they need something? Did I forget something? Like you you spin out in those same ways that we did as employees. So it's it's just a matter of embracing the change and it's harder for some people than others, for sure. For sure. So I love that quip about like the only people who will work 80 hours to not work 40. I'd love for you to just expand on that. Like mm-hmm. what's happening with entrepreneurs? Cause I very much am like, Nope, I have like, I've, and I've worked really hard to get to a better place. Right. But what's happening with them and kind of just expand on what you're experiencing with kind of this, I feel this push pull happening from an entrepreneurial perspective, right? That it was, it was almost a badge of honor to be an entrepreneur and work yourself to death for a while. Yes. <laughs> it still is in some section of the universe, right? And we've also got this kind of wave happening of like, no, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a creator. I want to be whatever this happens to be an independent contractor in order to not. And yet these boundaries keep being pushed. So I'd love to hear you expand upon what you're experiencing in that respect. So for a lot of people, it comes down to what is your sense of worth and where are you deriving your worth from? And if you derive so much worth from your job before, and now you're an entrepreneur and now you've embraced that label that this is who I am, this is where where worth comes from, then there's no amount of tips or strategies or tactics that's going to help you change that until that identity shifts and you shift the anchoring your worth to that. And you're right. It's been fun to see the shift because it was only a couple of years ago that it was like hustle or die was the message out there. Uh, Hustle or you're worthless and all the variations of it. And now it's swinging the other way where it's like, nah, I'm designing a lifestyle. I'm doing this intentionally. I'm doing this so that when there is a miscommunication and I need to be with my children by the pool, I have that option because this is how I've designed my life. You know, and I, for me, like I don't do any calls on Friday. I have like creative time blocked where it's just, it's me and those things were impossible before. So it it is nice to see that shift. It comes down to identity more than anything else because otherwise it's, we talk about the corporate ladder and the rat race. I call it the entrepreneur ladder. Because it's like, well, have you hit 10K months yet? Well, are you not making six figures yet? Oh, well, have you done this yet? And there's all these milestones, status milestones that are 
you know, they have different words, but it's the same shit. It's the corporate ladder with a different outfit. Yeah. Yes. 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 Right. And when can our milestones start to be, oh, you know what? I was happy today. Mm, Like I had a great day. Does it matter whether I played with the kids or whether I did the laundry or I had some good article that I wanted to write for a really long time that finally came out? Like, what did I create today? Today was beautiful. Right. And that is a huge radical shift to get us to that place. And it feels like it's starting to happen in small microwaves here and there, but there's a lot to do. (laughs) How do we keep moving in this direction? I just want us to be able to be human. (laughs) It's, and I just had this happen again when I'm, I'm staying, I'm sitting and staying right now. And something recently was like, even on my worst kind of corporate days, at the end of the day, I was still earning dollars every single day. Whereas now, I have beautiful days and like the abundance looks different every day. So for instance, instead of having a dollar, I got this beautiful client testimony. That's gorgeous. And I'm still tied to value equaling monetary. So that is something that day in and day out, I'm, I'm trying to focus on. So to carry to your point, it's like, redefining success and what that looks like for each individual person. And I remember Carrie sharing with you with this one day, I was like, you know, today's success looked like not folding up shop and being like, all right, I'm going to go back to it. Or there was this amazing time where uh, I was like spinning out one day and Carrie was like, Hey, go outside and put your feet on the grass. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And so I did, you know, and so I'm just like trying to have these grounding exercises of saying (laughs) (laughs) Rob likes that. So just like Carrie will tell a lot of people, go hug a tree, go figure out something to get yourself back into the present. I love that kind of advice. It's wonderful. And I'm I'm thinking about your questions and the patterns that I'm seeing. And for people who are earlier in their journey, it's about focus and is about helping them build a business in a sustainable way. And then people who are further along, it's about living life, enjoying life and, and focusing on the thing. Like I have a client who's doing extremely well financially, blah, blah, blah. Like it's whatever. I'm amazing for more than most people, whatever. And the advice I'd given last week and the the takeaway was that he's going to go cuddle with his wife because it's so busy, so much doing so much chasing that uh, when's the last time you went to your cabin in the woods and actually just stared at the trees? When's the last time you went fishing? When's the last time you just cuddled with your wife, like back to the the being piece instead of the the chasing piece. Yeah. I was contemplating the other day because that's really beautiful. And I feel very drawn in this moment in my personal journey of reminding myself that the being is the doing. And I offer similar advice to a couple of my clients in this way of like, okay, you went for a walk around the block. Where do you find inspiration? You don't usually find it sitting at your computer, right? You always have that moment in the shower or this conversation that you had. Like our definition of work when we were factory workers was how many widgets you could make in that period of time, right? But we're not making widgets anymore. We're thinking, we're creating, we're being inspirational, which is a whole new way of working because you need to be in order to get those moments of inspiration. Like I bet 
99% of the entrepreneurs in your course and community are inspired by something that happened to them outside of work, right? Or maybe it's in work too, but right? Like it's those moments. And so I keep reminding myself, like, if I'm just out experiencing the world, that's what's actually going to help my business. That's what's going to help me be the best entrepreneur, right? Like if I'm just pounding at the keys, like these keys don't give inspiration. I can tell you that. (laughs) So, So I think that that's such an important part of this. Like go cuddle with your wife. Like she might have something to say to you that like clicks that thing in your brain that unlocks that problem that you're having right now that staring at the screen is not providing to you because it doesn't provide inspiration. It doesn't provide inspiration. And so many people leave a corporate environment, leave something that's not serving them so they can have more connectivity and freedom. They have a whole bunch of freedom. And if if and when they're lucky enough to get to a place where it's providing financial freedom, it's very easy to have built your own new hamster wheel or your own new treadmill where you're again stuck and it's different things that are keeping you stuck. And yeah, you're right. I love that because one of my favorite things to do is I go take a walk without my phone. So it's like these little things are important. Like the walk is nice, but if this is here, like I'll just check. Did that person? No, this stays home and then I go. And then it it creates the space. I was in music before I produced music. And that was like one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from a mentor. Like you're feeling stuck on a song, go for a walk, go down by the lake, go play a game, go draw something. I don't care if you're terrible drawing, like go to just something else and get away from it. Because it's the experiences and the people that spark something inside you. I mean, you already, by the way, you already have it. You already have the spark. You already have the answers. You already know what you're supposed to do, but it takes those experiences to kind of strike the match and be like, ah, there it is. There was a perfect example yesterday. I was just in a, just a wild, exhausting weekend, all good stuff, but just exhausting. And I couldn't human, like I couldn't physically human yesterday, but there was one thing I did join kind of begrudgingly, kind of, but I jumped on and within the first 30 seconds, I was like, oh, duh. Like an answer, a question that I had been mulling in my head about a week, one person, one interaction struck my match and I was like, oh, yep, there it is. Yeah. And I've been mulling, I've just been mulling about around about it. So anyway, this is, um, it's the gorgeous interactions that help ignite each other's flames. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. So let's get back to your habits because as we have wrap up our conversation here, which I could keep going for a very long time because I love this. If we're trying to get back to authenticity and being able to lead from that space, right, which I think is a, one of the biggest keys to us making all these other shifts in our life. What are a couple of habits that you would offer to the listeners and to us? Because I'm always looking for new things to build on that we can start doing today to, to move for closer to authenticity. So the first one's not going to be surprising to either of you because it's very much prevalent in the coaching space, but it makes such a difference. And it's wild for me when I get an entrepreneur or a successful coach or someone to start implementing it, it's some form of journaling. And I Mm -hmm. tend to attract a bunch of creative, some of them have ADHD people and they're like, I can't do it. Like, cool, record voice notes for yourself, record a video that you have no intention of sharing to anyone else. And heck, if you want to, now you can connect it to something like Otter and it'll transcribe it. And then you will see all the words that you wrote. So you can still journal without having to say, I don't like writing or I haven't been good at it or whatever that that narrative is. That one truly is invaluable. And the other one is three words that are on the custom socks. I had custom socks made that I send to my clients now. And they're my brand colors and they're bright orange with some blue. And then on the 
toes facing you. It says, do bold shit. Yes. 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 And that's just like finding ways to do things that scare you, going to your edge and, and trying stuff out. And because that's where it is. I saw, I wish I could quote the person. I saw an image and it was a picture of like conversation between two people. And then the first person was saying something along the lines of, I'm hiding who I am online because I'm worried about the judgment of others. And the person's response is, when you're hiding who you really are, you're the one judging yourself. And that's the place that you end up. If you're filtering yourself, if you're hiding what you really think, if you're like, oh, but someone might get upset and then you end up still with judgment, but unfortunately it's internal, which I would argue is way worse. So those are probably the two biggest advices I give to the most amount of people. And it's regular, like anything else, like any other habits, it's just doing on a regular basis. Like people are looking to get clients through using, sharing stuff online. You don't have to post every day, although you'll get benefits from it. But I recommend that you write every day or you record something every day. Like it's a muscle just to use the muscle. And then back to the the living life stuff we're talking about is I'm not saying you should maybe you don't have like a, a habits checklist for like hug your partner. But are maybe you, you? But yeah. maybe you do. But maybe you do. And like for me right now, one of the biggest things is that no matter what, I unplug this thing before 6 p.m. so that I have a few minutes to unwind. Sometimes I go for one of those walks with my phone. Sometimes I take a quick cold shower, just something so I can transition from this headspace to I want to be present with the people I love at dinner. I love that. I love that. I actually did tell my husband, I need a hug every day. And like, that's a rule in our house. That's a rule in our marriage. So we have a couple minutes left. Rob, you're just such an exquisite human. And the energy is just like, mm, I could swim in it. It's amazing. Do you want to talk about your book a little bit? Or do you want to leave some, some closing remarks other we than can, we can do this again and talk, or we can always that. have a part yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk a little bit about the book. I think that's a fun thing because I'm very happy with it. And that involved me having to shift beliefs because I dropped out of high school. I did not go to college or university. I was not particularly a great writer. I didn't read for somewhere in as a child when I stopped having to read in grade school until I was in like 14 or 15. And I had a teacher kind of force me. She was really brilliant. She's like, you're going to fail this class unless you read something. And I was like, I don't want to read those. She, and then next class, she handed me a copy of 1984. She's like, I know you. I know how you think. I think you're going to really like this. Read the first chapter. If you hate it, you tell me, we'll figure out another way so you'd pass my class. But I think you might actually like it. And I read the whole book in a couple of days. So mm-hmm. there's these things that that started to shift then. But then I still like, who am I? I can't write a book. But it's online. It's writing on a regular daily basis and then publishing lots of ideas online and experimenting and whatever. And I started noticing, and my partner, bless her heart, really is the one who pointed this out to me as far as that I'm a storyteller, whether I realize it or not. And that some of the things that got the most amount of love and feedback and people really resonating with is when I'm sharing tales of my scripts and the things I've been through and the ups and downs of my life, my brush with suicide, my drinking problem, my uh, all sorts of stuff. And so the book is called die before they do. And it's the subtitles from selling drugs to lunch with Jim Carrey, creating a life with, and I can't remember what some of the others that I don't remember the end of the subtitle. Do you have it within arm's reach? And it's essentially a collection of stories that 
tell everything. Oh God, I can't read it. It's Carrie's on the big screen. I can't see it right now. Okay. From selling drugs to lunch with Jim Carrey, stories of struggle, near-death experiences, and creating a life with meaning. Thank you. I should really have the subtitle memorized, but essentially then it's, it's a collection of stories that, you know, start off from telling my different careers and the things I've experienced and my ups and downs and how I got to where I am today. We don't learn in the easy. We don't learn in the positive. We don't learn in the light. We learn in the dark, right? And okay, I got all the chills because of that. And um, it's one of the hardest lessons, right? Is like, stop fighting the, the darkness because it's what's bringing the light and you can only see the light through the dark. So I love that you're sharing that and being vulnerable in that way of putting those out there. And those are the moments where I feel and see the change that's happening for humanity, right? That like, yeah, we're still not there on some social media platforms. And we still, even though we push that edge, it's almost like I'm inauthentically being authentic. And I'm like, what is that? How am I doing that? How do I even, I don't even know how that happens. But the more that we see those stories and hear those stories and relate to those, like that's what, that's what inspires each of us to keep to keep going, to, to learn the lesson and take the time to learn the lesson truly, because otherwise you'll face it again. (laughs) That's the human connection. When you hear someone else share their story and you can relate and connect to it, it really does create the human connectivity. Thank you for saying that. It does. It really does. Thank you for sharing your story with us, (laughs) which was like, well, look at how perfectly that packaged itself nicely. I love that. Thank you for being an amazing human and bringing your energy here with Carrie and I. We'll talk with you soon. I can't wait. I've had a blast. Grateful for you both. I understand fully why you two have been friends for so fucking long. And truly my honor to be in this space with you. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Rob. Uh, This has been The Great Connect with Carrie and Amy. Have a great day, everyone.